Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. Today I wanted to talk about Samhain from an Irish pagan perspective. For those watching on YouTube, I have a few announcements. The first announcement is that there will be no more live streams for the foreseeable future. I know if you are a regular here on this channel, you will have noticed that this happened already last week. Um, There are some personal reasons for this, and I'm just having to adapt to my changing environment and the way things are changing in my life right now. Everything's okay. I'm all right. Um, But adapt and overcome right now is how I'm looking at this. So there will be no more live streams. That also means that my YouTube upload schedule is changing. My videos are still going to be on Thursdays, but the longer video that is also the recording of the podcast episode um, will come out on Monday. Patrons will still get access to these videos early. Um, It's just going to change a little bit. So my videos will come out on Mondays and Thursdays instead of Tuesdays and Thursdays now. This also means that there will probably be no more bonus sections in the podcast episodes unless I have something else to talk about. But the bonus sections were typically a time for me to go through the chat, answer any questions, and since there will be no live streams of the podcast episode recording, I won't have any questions to answer. So unless I can find something else to talk about that would be... uh, better in a bonus section, there probably won't be any bonus sections. Also, I don't remember if I announced it on YouTube and in my podcast, but my entire shop is on sale for 25% off for the entire month of October. So if you've ever wanted to get something that I have made or even a tarot reading, everything is 25% off. And don't forget that 15% of every purchase is donated to Johns Hopkins Sjogren's Syndrome Center. You can find the link for that in the description and in the show notes. Hey everyone, editing Megan here. I just wanted to pop in really quick and let you know that there are some issues with the audio in this particular video and episode. Um, I've been having some issues with my voice and sometimes the microphone just didn't pick up exactly what I was saying. So please keep that in mind. Now that we have announcements out of the way, we can talk about Samhain. And I've talked about Samhain from a Wiccan perspective before, and I've even written about it. Um, But I haven't spoken about Samhain since moving out of Wicca and really becoming more of a Celtic pagan or an Irish pagan. So I wanted to talk about celebrating Samhain as an Irish pagan instead of a Wiccan, because while they're similar, some things are different. So that's what we're doing today. First, I want to talk about what Samhain is for anyone that doesn't know. Samhain is the third and final harvest festival in the common neo-pagan wheel of the year. It's also thought of the witch's new year, because among the insular Celts way back 
historically, the year was divided into two parts, the light half and the dark half. And this is one of the reasons why the Celtic festivals in the common neo-pagan wheel of the year are celebrated from sundown to sundown. But in the same way that the year is divided in light and dark and the festivals start in darkness, the insular Celts also felt like the year started in darkness, hence starting in Samhain. For those of you celebrating Samhain in a modern context, there are many different days that Samhain can fall on depending on your tradition and how you view the holidays. In the Wheel of the Year, Samhain is traditionally celebrated on October 31st to November 1st for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it is celebrated um, April 30th to May 1st. So when we are celebrating Samhain in the Northern Hemisphere, the Southern Hemisphere is celebrating Bealtaine or Beltane. You might also celebrate Samhain astronomically. And this is going to be the day that is in between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Or you can celebrate it astrologically when the sun is 15 degrees in Scorpio. You can also celebrate it when the seasons start to shift in your area. That, to me, is one of the beauties of the Wheel of the Year, is it's adaptable. Because here in Florida, my last harvest is going to be different than someone in California or in Ireland or in the UK. It's different and I think we need to be able to adapt to that but that's a topic for another day. Um, you can also celebrate it whenever the last harvest is in your area. So it's adaptable. Obviously that's going to depend on your tradition so if you're Wiccan with the tradition that celebrates Samhain on October 31st and November 1st that's going to be when you celebrate it. But if you don't belong to a tradition and you don't feel like October 31st and November 1st are good days for you to celebrate Samhain, you don't have to celebrate Samhain at that time. The neo-pagan holiday of Samhain is one that is deeply rooted in Irish lore and tradition. The word Samhain in Irish actually means November, and it's been suggested that the word in Old Irish means summer's end, but there isn't a general consensus on that translation, and it's possible that it's just a folk etymology. There are even a lot of folk stories from Ireland regarding Samhain, and many of them are still in Irish, which I can't read or speak. Um, but there is one that was written about in 1937 that says that November's Eve was a great feast day in Ireland, and it was said that the souls were out doing penance. Uh, it says that the boys and girls would have great fun, there would be cake with a ring baked into it, and the one that got the ring would be the one that got married first. They also write about a tradition involving three saucers. They were brought into the home, one had clean water, one had dirty water, and one had clay. The person that put their hand in the clean water would cross the sea. The person that put their hand in the dirty water would not succeed and the person that put their hand in the clay would die before the year ended. Now, Laura O'Brien, founder of the Irish Pagan School and author of many books and many blog posts, says that Samhain in Ireland is still celebrated, um, just not the way it was many years ago. In her blog post, Samhain in Ireland, she actually says that many households still hold a dumb supper, which we'll talk about in a bit. 
As pagans, we honor and celebrate the changing of the seasons and the subsequent changes of Earth and our personal lives. The autumn equinox begins our descent into the dark half of the year, but that darkness grows increasingly more apparent around Samhain. Historically, now would be the time when people would have to worry about the crops that they haven't been able to harvest or which animals out of their livestock would live and which ones would have to die. Most of us don't have to worry about that today, but Samhain still keeps with the theme of death, dying, and darkness. Even though we don't have to worry so much about harsh winters leading to a lack of food or risking death because of the cold, we can still find the time to honor the cycle of earth, the seasons, the dying vegetation, and those that have gone before us. We still honor and remember our ancestors and passing spirits in the other world just as they did many years ago. Daylight is dying too. And we can thank the sun and the gods connected with the light half of the year as we move in to embrace the darkness. As an Irish pagan, I don't necessarily have any correspondences with Samhain like you would see with Wicca. My reasons for celebrating Samhain are slightly different than the common Wiccan reasons. For example, many Wiccans, not all, see Samhain as the time of darkness when the goddess begins her descent into the underworld with the god both in their elder phases and just waiting to be reborn. I actually wrote about Samhain from a Wiccan perspective a while ago, and if you want to read it, I'll leave the link in the description and in the show notes. For me, Samhain is still a time of death and dying and of honoring my ancestors and those that have passed. But it's also a time of darkness that molds and shapes, that gives life. Because I'm going to use like a a metaphor or an analogy that I read on Laura O'Brien's blog. A lot can happen in darkness. When you plant a seed, the first things that happen are in darkness and you can't see them. And without that growth in darkness, we wouldn't get the growth in the light. We wouldn't even emerge from the darkness into the light. So Working in the darker half of the year and celebrating and taking this time is so important for me and really life-changing sounds kind of dramatic, but that's really how I that's really how I see it. And I think it's a great little metaphor for working in the darkness and the reasons that we celebrate around Samhain. So that link will also be in the description and in the show notes if you want to read Laura's blog post. So for me, working in that darkness, Samhain is a time to take stock of what I'm doing, what I should be doing, what I can leave behind and what no longer serves me, and really how I need to move forward going into the witch's new year. If you've never celebrated Samhain or you're just looking for a new perspective or some new ideas, I have some activities and some different ideas to share with you, but I want you to keep in mind that this does not come from a Wiccan perspective. It does come from an Irish or Celtic pagan perspective, so please keep that in mind. The first thing that you can do is to create an ancestor altar or ancestor candles, 
An ancestor altar isn't a working altar like you would think of for your witchcraft or even like a uh, an altar for a deity. It's a little bit different. An ancestor altar is a place of reverence and honor and communication. Creating an ancestor altar is simple. You know, you just need to have a surface like a table or a shelf and then you just fill it with things that remind you of your ancestors or things that your ancestors would like, uh, different colors or scents or even food as offerings, pictures and trinkets and anything that would remind you of them. And if you don't have any representations of your ancestors, that's okay. I know for me, for the longest time, I'd be like, my ancestors, I don't even know, you know? I know they came from Ireland, I know they came from England and other parts of Europe, but I didn't really have a connection. But your ancestors can be anyone from, you know, a really long time ago. Normally when you think of ancestors, you think of like hundreds of years ago. But your ancestors can also be those that have recently passed. And unfortunately, I have recently added to that list. So... For me, in an ancestor altar, it would be things like my grandma's favorite color or the folded flags of my grandpa and his dad or the flowers that were on a bouquet that someone had given to my family when my grandma passed or the little paper, uh, like uh, the little things that they hand out at funerals for my mother-in-law. All of those things can go on an ancestor altar and you're not limited to what you can and can't put on it. Another thing that I recommend doing along those lines is having either a specific candle for your ancestor altar or just getting a candle in general and walking around the home. Um, for me, this is sort of a way of saying, you know, you're welcome in my home. You can be here. I invite you here. Stay as long as you like. Um, I also created a little printable that you can use with your kids or if you can't have fire in your home for some reason. Um, it's, I'll leave the link in the description and in the show notes for that, but it's basically just a little thing that you can color, cut out, and we're going to put ours in our window as a sort of beacon, I guess, um, because one of the practices in Samhain from, I don't know from how long ago, is to leave a, a lit candle in your window as a beacon for the spirits that are wandering, but it's not really safe. <laughs> so I think this is a good compromise is to color the candle. And my daughter colored hers and she actually wrote the names of the people that have passed on the candle and she colored it with their favorite colors and we're going to put that in the window. So that's another thing that you can do too if you can't have fire or if you want to get your kiddos involved. Something else that I think you can do too is to just watch the sunset. At this time of year we know that the darkness is growing and the daylight is dying so spend some time with the sun, say goodbye, say thank you and you know, say, see you soon and really jump feet first 
into accepting the darkness that's coming because as I said earlier, it can really mold and shape you and give you pause, I think, for where you're going, what no longer serves you, and what you need to release. Since Samhain is the third and final harvest festival of the year, take the time to finish your harvest. If you grow your own food, obviously finishing your harvest is going to be dependent on the growing season in your area. But finishing your harvest isn't necessarily about only harvesting the food that you grow. Think about the projects that you need to finish that maybe you've been putting off or any new ideas that you have that you can start growing in this darkness. Really take advantage of that. Ask yourself where you want to go, who you want to be, what you want to do, and Really think about the things that you need to release that no longer serve you. If you have the time and the necessary silence, you might want to consider holding a dumb supper. Now, I know it sounds mean, a dumb supper, but in this case, dumb actually means mute or silent. There, I haven't been able to find a historical consensus on where the Dumb Supper originated, but I do know it's something that's still practiced in Ireland today, and it's been practiced for a really long time. I have found two different reasons for having a Dumb Supper. The first reason is that it was used as a method of divination for young women. They would hold a Dumb Supper, and then in the darkness and in the silence, they would see their suitor, the person they were going to marry. The more common reason for holding a dumb supper nowadays is a modern way to honor the dead. So to hold a dumb supper, it's said that everything has to be done backwards. You walk around your kitchen backwards, the table is set backwards, so the forks and the spoons or whatever are switched. Um, Some people take it as far as to eat dessert first and move backwards that way. but it's also a meal that's eaten in complete silence. When you eat the meal, you set a place for the beloved dead, and this includes a plate with food and an empty chair. It's said that speaking during a dumb supper would break, break the spell or possibly offend the beloved dead in attendance. Some say that when the meal is over, you take the plate that you had left out for the dead and take it outside. Obviously, if you're going to do this today, please make sure that the food you're leaving outside is not harmful to any wildlife or people that might encounter it. Otherwise, just dispose of it as you would and thank the dead for attending. I can't have a dumb supper in my house. It would be practically impossible for me to have a silent dinner. And this just has to do with my family and just the way we are. Also, the fact that I have a seven-year-old that likes to talk. In my research and reading for this particular episode, I also found a festival that is celebrated in the Isle of Man. And it has been celebrated for many years. And it is thought to be the oldest running tradition and festival in the Isle of Man and possibly worldwide. And this is the festival of Haptuna. I don't think I'm saying that right, but there are a few different proposed meanings of the phrase Haptuna. 
Um, the first one and the most common that I have found is that it's just a, a nonsensical phrase that came from some songs that were traditionally sung. There's another supposed translation out there that says Haptuna means in the night, but nobody can agree on what it means. So we don't know for sure. But Haptuna but Haptuna is still celebrated in the Isle of Man today. And it actually has a lot of correlations with the way we now celebrate Halloween with the carving of the pumpkins and the trick-or-treating and all of that. Historically, during this festival, turnips were carved, songs were sung, divination was done, and groups would even go around and solicit gifts from the wealthy. Sounds like Halloween, except for Halloween, we carve pumpkins and we don't really sing songs. I do divination and then... Instead of soliciting gifts, we ask for candy. <laughs> um, it's also said historically that a large Manx gorse, which is a type of flowering bush, was burned during um, Haptuna to ward off the fae. And it's interesting to me that something that has been celebrated in the Isle of Man for so long has sort of spread around the world. Obviously, it's not the same, and Haptuna is still celebrated in, in the Isle of Man today. But the origins of Haptuna are unknown, but we unknowingly kind of celebrate it everywhere if you carve pumpkins and go trick-or-treating. So it's really, really interesting how traditions can spread from one area of the world to another. This year, 2020, I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to celebrate Samhain. My daughter wants to go trick-or-treating, but with COVID and being in Florida, I'm not comfortable doing that. Um, we might do like a, uh, somebody had suggested it on, I don't know, Twitter or something about doing like a boo bag, sort of how for Easter you have an Easter basket, but instead do a boo bag for Halloween with candy and gifts or whatever. I don't know yet, but it sounds like fun. I want my daughter to have fun. I want, she wants to dress up, <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard right now. Uh, for me personally, I am planning on doing some divination on Samhain. I have a very large, elaborate, magical working that I'm going to be doing because it's Samhain in 2020. It's also a blue moon which is pretty rare to have a full moon on Samhain and a blue moon. So I'm going to take advantage of that. If you don't know how to celebrate a blue moon, I'll leave a link in the description and in the show notes for my personal correspondences with a blue moon. Um, I will probably be doing some ancestor work and just a lot of meditation Samhain is the time of year where I really take stock of what I'm doing. And this includes where I want to take my channel, where I want to take my podcast, what I'm doing with my website, the book that I'm writing. It's a lot. And I will probably be journaling a lot about it and thinking really hard about where I want to go in the next year. So 
divination will definitely come in handy there. So whether you celebrate Samhain in a modern context or as a Wiccan or as a pagan or as a reconstructionist, I wish you a blessed Samhain and a happy Witch's New Year, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.